This is the Converge Podcast. We meet at 10.30 every Sunday morning at Heritage Baptist Church in the chapel. This is a group that is geared towards those who are young adults who want to follow Jesus and live the gospel life wherever the journey takes them. so quick to point a finger we judge things from my point of view the things that we say the trouble it makes it hurts you and it hurts me too this is such a fallen where we live in it's really not the way it's supposed to be what if we could see each other different it'd probably change everything we're all broken people don't we all need Jesus? Every moment of our lives, 24, 3, 6, 5, our human is equal. Don't we all have our weakness? Hey. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody needs their grace. We all need Jesus. Who think they don't We got stuff we hide Deep down inside There's so much that we don't show yeah, It's just the world that we'll be living It's really not the way it's supposed the to way be, it's supposed to be. Yeah. Isn't that the beauty of redemption? redemption. It changes everything We're all broken people Don't we all need Jesus?
Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Converge. I want to invite you to find a seat. Grab another cup of coffee on your way. Grab a bagel. Thanks to Rick and Cheryl Sumi for the awesome food today. Right? Can we get a round of applause for Rick and Cheryl Sumi? Guys, I have to tell you something. Hey, how are you? I have to tell you something. We had last week. Last week, there were 134 people, I think, in this room, which I was thrilled about, right? Totally thrilled. But the place where community happens is not in this room. This room is big. This room has a lot of people in it. This room has a lot of space, and it's in rows, and it's really hard to build real relationship in this room. But you know what happened in the middle of the week this week? 56 of you we're in our small groups. 56, almost half of the people that were in this room were in our small groups this week, and I am thrilled by that, all right? If you haven't joined a small group, you're missing out. 
but there were 56 people in small groups this week, and I think that's really exciting. Guys, we are excited to, to continue our study in Romans chapter 8 today. Isaiah's going to be with us to teach. He's not here yet, so we're just relying on him to actually come in a little bit. Um, no, he's, he's busily doing his jobs all around the church. In just a minute after our announcements, our worship team's coming up. So we want to we give them a big welcome to be up here and lead us in worship today. So make sure you show them that you're grateful for their preparation and their work. Josh has some announcements for us. And a couple of them have action items that you need to do if you're going to be a part of it. So pay attention to what's coming up. Good morning, everybody. I've got just a couple of announcements for you here today, and then I'll turn things over to the worship team in just a minute. You guys have an extra song, just in case, like, Isaiah's not in the room yet, or... No, it's, it'll be fine. I'm kidding. Okay, there we go. Dave will lead us in one extra. You know, it'll be great. Um, if you aren't already, um, I would encourage you, if you want text reminders from us, if you know, want to know what's going on throughout the week, if you want the address and time uh, for the small groups on Tuesdays and Thursdays, on your phone automatically, uh, go ahead and make sure that you text at HB Converge to 81010. We throw out a couple of uh, reminder announcements a week just to keep you in the loop of things that are going on. So if you haven't done that, I would encourage you to do that. And actually, I should probably just keep talking for a second so that this number can stay on the screen because it's an important number. If you haven't done that yet, I would encourage you to. Anyway, um, as Dave mentioned, small groups, uh, are on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We've got a Tuesday group that meets at the Sumi's house. We've got a Thursday group that meets at the Velez's house. And that starts at 7, just for a time of fellowship and, and it's time to, to get to know each other a little bit better, as well as time to dig into the lesson a little bit more, talk a little bit more about just the, the rich depth of truth that we have to dig out of uh, Romans 8. We've got a, a whole semester to dig into this passage and there's still going to be aspects of it that we don't really have time to dwell on as much as they probably deserve. So I'd encourage you to make it out either on a Tuesday or a Thursday if you're able to. We're, uh, we're looking at some, some more options for additional small groups to start up just because so many of you have been interested. So keep an eye out. We'll have some more information out about that in the near future as well. We have been talking about CrossCon. Is this video going to start automatically? Try it one more time. There we go. One day the curtain will close on your life and the credits will roll. But if your story is a part of his story, then it is a part of one that will go on forever. Follow me, he said, and I will make you a fisher of men. When you accepted the call to follow Jesus, you de facto accepted the call to missions. The question is no longer if you are called. The question now is only where and how you are called. The doors are open. Unprecedented opportunities abound right now for the spread of the gospel among people who've never heard it. So we want a group to, we want to get a group together for CrossCon 
in uh, it's December 29th uh, through January 1st. It is CrossCon 21. It actually just barely makes it into 21. There we go. Uh, December 29th, 2021 to January 1st, 2022 at, uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. If you're interested in going to that, honestly, we want to go to that, and we're not allowed in unless we take college students with us because uh, me and Dave are both over 25. So if you guys are just, just a little bit, just a little bit. More every day, though. So if you're, if you're able to go, if you're interested in going, uh, the best thing you can do for that is text Dave. Uh, that's his phone number right there. You can let him know that you're interested. When are we trying to get everything done for that? So that's $250 for the trip for a multi-day, uh, far away uh, trip. And that includes basically everything but food. Um, so that's lodging for the time we're there. That's uh, entry into the conference. Uh, and that's uh, to go with us as a group. If you're able to do that, go ahead and reach out. Or if you're interested, if you want more information, you can check out their website. You can text Dave. Uh, you can snag any of us and ask for some more info. And we'll gladly uh, fill you in a little bit more help you make that decision. Um, you just have a couple more weeks to make up your mind on that. Uh, after their rates go up, <laughs> we want to make sure and, and have already had our group settled and uh, be ready to go for that. Uh, along those lines also, uh, we're doing the spring break mission trip in 2022. So as, uh, as we've mentioned the last couple of weeks, that's going to be in Washington, D.C., March 13th through March 20. Um, and if you're interested in going to that, there's a sign-up sheet out on the front table out there. I'd encourage you to put your information down on that. If you're on the fence, if you're not sure, feel free to put your information down on there. And we'll reach out to you, give you more info, involve you in the, the planning stages of this. You don't have to be sure when you put your info down. Just go ahead and do that if you want more information, if you're interested in possibly uh, making that happen as well. So uh, in a little bit, we're going to hand things over to Isaiah. He's going to be continuing in the Rooted series. Um, and before that, we're going to go ahead and hand things over to the worship team. They're going to get things started here. While they're coming up, I'm just going to open us up in prayer. Dear God, thank you so much for this gathering of people. Um, I just pray that you would give us open hearts and open minds. There's so much deep truth in Romans 8. And I just pray that you would help Isaiah to, to flesh that out well. You help Isaiah to to really pour your truth out on us this morning and help us to be prepared to hear that information. I pray for the worship team. I pray for this worshipful atmosphere that we want to establish. Uh, you know, we've been talking so much about going and preparing to go and everything, and, and missions exist because worship doesn't. So Lord, I just pray that you would help us to bring glory to your name in this time today as we learn more about you and sing praise to you. Thank you for all that you are and all that you do, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everyone. We're so glad to be with you. Before we actually begin, you can actually remain seated. Seated, And I want to read for us Romans 5, verses 1 through 2. It says, since, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And I want to emphasize and focus in on that point where it says that we have access by faith. And that's what Pastor Nathan mentioned this morning. And I don't know about you guys, but we've, we've been coming in here for about a month now, us Liberty students, and we can get so used to coming into this place and singing these songs, and it can become a checklist sort of thing. And so I, I don't want to 
lose sight of this amazing truth that we get to come into the presence of the Lord. And so this morning, I don't, I don't know what this past week looked like. Maybe you just need to confess sin. Maybe this week has felt like monotonous, or, or maybe you're coming in this morning, you're not even ready to worship the Lord. And so I just want to take a few minutes, and where you're seated, seated just take a few minutes and, and prepare your heart to, to praise the Lord and to hear from his word this morning. So take a few minutes right now and do that where you are. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we only want to hear your voice. We're hanging on every word. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we want to know you more and more. We're hanging on every Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we only want to hear your voice. We're hanging on every word. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we want to know you more and more. We're hanging on every word. Because when you speak,
Spirit of the living God, we only want to hear your voice. We're hanging on every Got a new song for you guys this morning, so make sure to sing out. Thank you. 
this one more time.
So God, we come before you this morning. We're so thankful for what you've done. God, we have access to come before you and not ashamed, but we get to boldly come before your throne and and praise your name. I pray that we wouldn't take that for granted, God. I pray that we would be reminded of of just that amazing opportunity that we have. And so right now, as as we head into this time where we hear from your word, God, Open our hearts to hear what you, what you have to say, God. We want to hear what you have to say. And so be with us during this time. I thank you for all that you're doing, and I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Yeah, we are so grateful for you guys leading us before the throne. I got a Bible up here. It's not mine. Josh, good to have you back, man. Josh was in Alaska all summer. I don't know if y'all got to hear from him or talk with him about that, but um, he got, did a great ministry, did an internship up there. Uh, Josh, glad to have you back. And the rest of the worship team, my little brother was up here. Where's Garrett? There he is. Garrett and Bella, if you haven't met them, they're awesome. Uh, Garrett's a freshman at Liberty, uh, and uh, his family is like family to mine. They took me in when I was younger, and uh, so it's so great to have him here. And the rest of the team... Thank you, guys. I felt like we just, like, went before the throne of God. And one day, we're going to be in the presence of God forever. Amen? <laughs> we get to just worship and worship and worship and just enjoy the pleasures of a new heaven and a new earth where there is no virus, <laughs> where there is no pain and there's no tears. There's no nothing. We get to be with the Lord forever and in uh, his presence. And we get to be all together And I ask you just to stop this morning, and why are you here? If you're here this morning, you left whatever homework you had, you left whatever job you work, uh, you got up out of your bed, uh, put it all aside, 
you dressed up, and y'all look pretty good for the most part, most of you guys. You look pretty nice. Maybe not Ben. I don't know. Ben, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You look pretty good. But you're here. You're here with God's people. And to stop and think about that, this is vital to your spiritual well-being. This is vital. And my wife's a nurse, um, and she takes people's vitals uh, every day when she goes in. And it's got to make sure they're... Uh, on the right place, make sure that they're all balanced. And uh, if one of those vitals are off, you got to figure out uh, what to do. I don't know anything about nursing, so <laughs> she comes home and tells me stories, and I'm like, that sounds gross. <laughs> but this is vital to our spiritual well-being, and I want you to just stop and check how are your vitals doing. Are you uh, engaged and flourishing in the community that is this church, or are you on the one foot in, one foot out. Could you name five people in this room? Um, and could you talk about serious matters of faith with them? The church is what God is using to unite the world back to himself. The church, not your friend group, uh, not your intramural club, not your work, uh, unless you work in a church. That's a pretty great place to be, yeah. <laughs> um, but the Lord is doing his work through his redeemed people together who are loving each other, staying connected. And if you're not connected to the church, uh, you're a dead limb. You're a branch that's been cut off and it's going to wither up. So I would just encourage you this morning, assess where you are. Get connected. Stay connected. It, it takes effort. It takes effort to get to know someone, to have the awkward small talk. My wife and I talk about this often. Like, man, all this small talk that you have in the morning, it's awesome. But we're not as used to it as we used to be. Because we can comment on people's uh, posts and we can look at what everyone's doing without actually face-to-face -face with them. But to stop and actually have a conversation sometimes, it takes a little bit of work. But at the end of it, you're like, man, I actually got to know that person and it was awesome. Um, so I just want to just take that moment just say, get connected, stay connected. Here at Converge, we want to gather together, grow together by going into God's word and in relationship and then go. Wherever that is that the Lord is calling you, whoa, we want to go. Um, whether it's here in the United States, whether you go to Idaho, Montana, South Carolina, West Virginia, um, wherever. Or if it's North Africa, Southeast Asia, wherever it is the Lord would take you, uh, we want to uh, send you out ready, prepared, and so forth. So this is a wonderful community the Lord has uh, brought together. So. Last week, Nathan Smith, uh, Pastor Nathan, he spoke on the mission uh, that our church is. We want to make followers of Jesus Christ by living the gospel life among the nations. Wow, that is a, quite the endeavor that uh, we would have. But that's the mission. That's what we are focused on. That is the reason we live and breathe. But maybe you got hung up on the things he said about COVID. Maybe you're uh, focusing on that. And uh, that, that's peripheral to the mission of God. We all land in different places with what we hear and what we see. Uh, we want to know the truth, but the truth is based on what is real, and we're not sure all that's real right now. But we do know what's real, and that's the word of God, and that's the truth that we stand on, and that's the mission that he's given us. So would we be united together, not isolating each other, would we be united together on the mission of God uh, no matter what? And that's what this church wants to do. And that's what we are endeavoring to do together. So let's get after it. So check your vitals.
then let's think about what, uh, what we're here studying uh, together. All different families, all different cities, all different backgrounds, all of us in here from different places. But here we are gathered together to sit under the word, and we're studying identity. And there are two ways that you can live in the Christian life. You can either be working hard for your, for your identity, or you're working from it. You can either live it either for the heart of Christ or from the heart of Christ. You can either live for the smile of God or from the smile of God. You can either be working for this identity as a son or daughter of God or from that identity. You can be working for your union with Christ or from it. The battle of the Christian life is to bring your own heart into alignment with Christ's heart. That is getting up each morning and replacing this natural orphan mindset with a mindset that is full of free adoption into the family of God. Through the work of Christ, your older brother, who loved you and gave himself for you out of the overflowing fullness of his gracious heart. Dane Ortland, author of Gentle and Lowly, Nathan was, uh, Pastor Nathan said last week, hey, we we're getting that book out, so I hope he snagged one. Um, super good. Yeah, got a few people in here reading it. He gives this illustration. He said, picture a 12-year-old boy growing up in a healthy, loving family. As he matures... Through no fault of his parents, he finds himself trying to figure out how to really assure himself a place in the family. One week, he tries to create a new birth certificate for himself. The next week, he determines to spend all of his extra time scrubbing the kitchen clean. The following week, he determines to do all he can to just imitate his dad. One day, his parents question this strange behavior. And the boy says, I'm just doing all I can to secure my place in the family. And his father responds to his son, calm yourself, my dear son. There's nothing you could possibly do to earn your place among us. You are our son, period. You did not do anything at the start to get into our family. And you cannot do anything now to get out of our family. Live your life knowing your sonship is settled and irreversible. Simple story. But I feel like that 12-year-old boy sometimes. A lot of times, if I don't wake up in the morning with, and reorient my mindset, I work all day trying to scrub my life clean, trying to work and do all these different things. I work so hard, like if I can just Im intim uh, imitate just this, I can be in the family of God. I can uh, be approved. I just want to be worthy. And I, I'm not. I'm working for it, not from it. And so when, that's why we came to Romans 8. We came to Romans 8 because we wanted to hit on identity. Because we know, and we've said this before, our identity in Christ is one of those critical truths that if grasped early in our Christian life, will avert all kinds of problems and issues. So knowing our identity, there you go, knowing our identity is a pathway to security, significance, and satisfaction. Knowing our identity is a pathway to security, significance, and satisfaction. That's pretty amazing. If you walked up to someone on the street, and you're like, would you like security, significance, and satisfaction? They'd be like, uh, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but our identity is that pathway. So that is why it's so critical that we're walking through that this semester. So uh, the first week, Dave uh, walked us through our identity versus our role. What are some of the roles that you guys are playing? Just real quick. Your student, all right, yeah. 
What else? Okay, you're an RA. God bless you. Wow. What a ministry. <laughs> All right, who else? Okay, you're, you're an employee. Yep, you work for someone. Any of y'all brothers or sisters in here? Yep, there you go. What else? Anything else you can think of? There's so many things. All right, you're a son, son or a daughter. What's that? Daughter, yeah. We won't, we won't leave you out. You're a friend. There we go. Yeah, you're a friend. There's, there's all these roles. And we talked about how your role is something that you do. And it's something that is one degree or another kind of earned. Um, you got this job, you got this friend, and even in your family, like that's a position that you play. Um, some of y'all are in a relationship, so you got girlfriend duties, boyfriend duties. Um, I'm married, so I'm a husband. That's part of my role, but, which, by the way, today is our one-year anniversary. Wow. <laughs> I think it was this time uh, last year. We had just gotten back. Y'all, like, what do you call it, a pounding? <laughs> we walked out with, like, these massive baskets of food and uh, you know, had us play a game right after our honeymoon that caused a little tension. <laughs> Uh, but the, the Hankins, they're celebrating their 31st this week. So, so 31 years of marriage. We love them. And then we are just in, we are teaching one of the older uh, discipleship communities. And after I said, we celebrated one year, they're like, we're celebrating 61 years. <laughs> I was like, whoa, all right, well. So that's a role that we play. Um, but what happens when that role is stripped away? A lot of folks in that community that we were just in, a lot of them, majority of them are widows. They no longer have that role as wife. One gentleman in there said, my wife left me for a better man. And I was like, well, uh, sorry. He's like, no, no, she's in heaven. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, that was... <laughs> but what happens when your role is taken away. You're no longer um, uh, working that job or married to that person. Uh, there comes an identity crisis a lot of times. If you put all your stock in what you did, whereas your identity is something that is a gift. It's who you are. And it is eternal, forever. Your identity in Christ is something that is a gift to you. You did nothing for it, just like we were talking about. You did nothing to be in the family of God, and you will never lose that. It's eternal forever and ever and ever, which is incredible. So this world is trying to steal our identity, and it causes us, what it does is it wants us to disregard, to forget, and distract us by selling us the wicked truth that our identity is what we do. So we're going to fight that. We're going to fight against that, and we're doing that with the Word of God. So if you would turn, Romans 8, 5 through 8. That's why our um, series is called Rooted, because we want to be rooted in God's Word and rooted in uh, the identity that He's given us in there. So Romans chapter 8, we're going to be in verse 5 through 8. Um, just a, Paul knew what he was called to do. Paul knew his identity, and he was working hard. He was trying to get over to Spain. He was going all over um, and he wanted to reach Spain. So he writes Rome, this 
the church in Rome this letter, explaining the gospel, explaining what he believes, and boy, did he do it well. Um, I can imagine being in the Roman church getting this letter and like, oh, man, we got to save this. <laughs> and, uh, but he wanted to get to Spain, and he's, he's writing all about the gospel and trying to uh, help them understand his lens and even teaching them in that. And then Romans 8, he writes all about who we are in Christ. So week one, uh, Dave took us, hey, we in Christ, no condemnation. Praise the Lord, no condemnation. Week two, Jeremiah shared with us. Um, I don't know where he is. I can't see him. Is he here? Oh, there he is. Well done, man. Jeremiah um, talk, talked about justification, what Christ has done for us through his death and through us, we will have the righteous requirement of the law fulfilled. And the law cannot free us from condemnation, and the law cannot free us from our sin. In fact, the law is what triggers us towards sin. But Christ, through his death on the cross, Jeremiah gave us some pretty good art to explain it. Uh, how Christ, I mean, he picks us up, puts us over his shoulder, walks us up that ladder, and he's made us right before God. So that's who we are in Christ. And this week, we're going to be talking about uh, how we can have life and peace through the Spirit. So in Christ, we are in the Spirit. And that empowers us. Um, that empowers us to walk out our faith, life in the Spirit. So um, the title is Spirit Walk. I'm going to give you five steps just to explain the passage, just to walk through the passage. I knew this was going to get a little dangerous. Um, but I'm going to try to draw out a little bit. Jeremiah challenged me with his art, so I'm going to show him up a little bit. We are brothers, so we get into competitions uh, a little too much. All right, so we got five steps that we want to walk through. Um, so let's read it together, and then we're going to jump into that. Romans 8, we're actually going to start a little bit into where we covered last week and then jump through the rest. So if you would look... Uh, verse 3 at the very end. Uh, so by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, Christ, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set your mind on the flesh is death, but to set the, the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now the focus here is not on the death, on how we are so hostile and disregarded from God. That's a part of it, but the focus of this passage is to give the contrast of these two modes. Um, here we see two spheres of life, life in the spirit and life in the flesh. Two modes of thinking. There's a mindset that is on the spirit and a mindset that is on the flesh. And then two types of lifestyles. One that is in the spirit with life and peace, and one that's in the flesh and that is found in death. So for, uh, step one, if, you, if you're taking notes, and I'm also going to teach you all a tool. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk through this, explain it a little bit, and then I want to illustrate it with a tool to give you, to take with you for yourself, but also because in the Christian life, this is so practical and basic to our everyday walk. 
And so I want, to, want you to take it with you so you can teach others uh, as you lead others uh, in your uh, sphere of life. So step one, this is just the, the kind of the logical breakdown of uh, the passage. Step one in verse 4a, we see the fulfillment of the law. Just like we talked about, the law cannot remove our condemnation. The law cannot conquer the flesh, like Jeremiah showed us last week. So Jesus condemned sin in the flesh in order that we may fulfill the law in us. So by faith in Christ and his work on the cross, the law is fulfilled. So what the fulfillment of the law is actually, um, so in Christ, there's this quote that really struck me, and I'll try to explain it and see if it will strike you the same way it did me. Johnny P., He says, the death of Jesus so honored the Father and so vindicated the glory of his name that God is bound by his justice, not just his mercy, to forgive all who stake their lives on the worth of Jesus. When you hear someone say God is both loving and just, you hear loving, you're like, oh, thank the Lord. He forgives me and uh, he loves me. But then you hear just, and you're kind of like, oh boy, I've really messed up. I'm broken. I deserve the wrath of God. But wait, this quote here is saying that the death of Jesus was so critical, important, and so honored the Father, and so vindicated the glory of God's name that we have drugged through the mud, that God now is bound because of he is a just God, not just because he's a merciful God, to forgive all of us who identify with Jesus. So practical, but it is actually the justice of God that we're forgiven because of what Christ has done. So he has poured his wrath onto Jesus. So, hey, God, you're a just God. So because you're just and I identify with Jesus, I am free from sin because of what Christ has done. And that got me so excited and it goes right along with what Jeremiah was talking about last week. Because of what Christ has done, we, um, the law is fulfilled. But it's, not, it's also fulfilled in us. So if you look at uh, the verse, this is step two in verse uh, 4b. So in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Interesting. I thought it was in Jesus. But it's saying in us. Who walk not according to uh, the flesh but according to the Spirit. So is it the outworking of our life that the law is fulfilled? Let's keep going. So the second step here is uh, walk in the Spirit. All right, so this illustration of walking. And then step three, verse five, the spiritual mindset. Here we have the two modes of thinking. Uh, you either have your mindset on the things of the flesh, and when your, thing, when your mind is on the flesh, you prefer, you're inclined, you enjoy, you dwell on the things of the world, of the flesh. Anything that is minus God. Um, or on the spirit, you have your mind on the spirit. Things that are of God, for God, because of God. Uh, anything that accords with the spirit. So that's that mindset. So step three is you got the spiritual mindset. Then the step four, we have life in the spirit. Here is a great contrast to the two types of lifestyles. One of death and one of life and peace. And this is both now and forever. These two, um, this life and peace that can be found in the spirit. And then step five, we have hostility to God. And that's verse seven and eight. 
Without God, we are completely, uh, or sorry, without Christ, we're hostile. We are enemies of God because of our sin, because of our brokenness. And we see that reality, um, Genesis 6-5, just to show that how depraved we are. The Lord saw the wickedness on earth. It was so great. Every intention and thoughts of their heart were only evil. And then Jeremiah 17-9 just shows the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately sick. Who can understand it? So we have an issue. So understanding our hostility that we had before God is so uh, critical to understand, and we can't even comprehend it. Just like a blind guy, he can't understand the difference between a shack and a mansion because he can't see it. And just like a deaf person, they can't understand my singing versus Josh Velez's singing. <laughs> it's just, they're deaf. They can't, they can't hear how horrible I am versus uh, a good singer. Um, very similar to us. We are so blind and depraved that we don't even understand the stark, how sinful we are versus how holy God is. We can only fathom and comprehend. Even as much as you feel like you can understand it, there's still such a great chasm between the two. So we need Jesus. And that, that, that is a picture just to show uh, the, the desperation. If you think about the cross, the humanity of Jesus, before he went to the cross, he was weeping in the garden. And it says he was sweating like drops of blood, just feeling the weight of that. And then on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He took all of it on himself for us. So if you walk back through the step process, um, this hostility that we have, that we had towards God, he made a way. That from the beginning of time, that was his intention to give us the spirit, the new covenant. That the law would not be, uh, it's not just written on the stone, it's written, written on our hearts, our hearts of flesh. He wanted to give his spirit. So this life in the spirit that we see in step four, which then gives us this spiritual mindset, this attitude that we prefer the things of God so that we would then walk in the spirit, step by step, walking in accordance with the things of the spirit. And through us, because of what Christ has done, that law is fulfilled. And that is the greatest truth that you can ever hear and ever tell anyone. So I want to give an illustration before I jump in. Imagine, um, I, to kind of think through life in the spirit, life in the flesh, you could easily think, okay, my heart is desperately wick, wicked and depraved. I have like this civil war happening in my heart. Do you kind of feel that? Like, oh, the life in the spirit, life in the flesh is just opposing each other. But I want to explain, that's not how you should picture it, but picture your heart as this fortress here. All right, this is your heart, and there used to be this evil tyrant that was in your heart. But through what Christ has done, he has pushed that evil tyrant out of your heart completely away because he has no place there. And you're just, your heart is this fortress, and it has to be guarded because this evil tyrant, oh, he wants back in. He wants that fortress back. So he's doing everything he can to siege war against you. He's looking for every little uh, open spot that he can get in. Any breach in the wall, he wants to be, he wants to get in. And that is a, a simple illustration of how we are experiencing our life. Everywhere we go, you go to the mall, just such wickedness is up on the walls. Even in the mail that you receive at times, it's like, man, how did this 
darkness come uh, in, or you're, you're easily offended, or you're angered, or the disunity that even comes through what we're experiencing in our culture. Like, everything is waging war against you, and you don't have to let it in. In fact, Christ has allowed, through the Spirit, for you to live safe and secure and satisfied in him. But that evil tyrant wants back in. So just an illustration of what he's describing here um, between the two, life in the spirit and life in the flesh. So I want to illustrate that. So here's our tool. It's called Spirit Walk. If you want to turn to Galatians 5, 16 through 26. Wow, that turned out a lot better than I thought. <laughs> nice. All right, so we got life in the spirit. In life, in the flesh. All right, this is our reality. Life in the spirit. Who's on the throne? We got Christ. Life in the flesh. Who's on the throne? Jeremiah, this is my stick figure. That's pretty good. Oh, he's got one leg and he's two legs. All right, life in the spirit, life in the flesh. We take Christ off. And this is um, a simple illustration that you can explain to someone. Hey, you're experiencing this and you're feeling the tension between the two. But let's go to Galatians 5, 16 through 26. It says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. They're two different ways of thinking and living. And they want to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Well, that sounds like Romans 7. That waging war between the two. All right, and then it goes into, now the works of the flesh are evident. Shout out what some of those are. Yeah, immorality. Pride, yep. Did you say insecurity? Oh, impurity. I'll put insecurity up there too. What else? Greed. Sorcery. Did you say divisions? Envy, Envy. that's very different, yep. Divisions, there we go. <laughs> I, je- jealousy, there we go. What else? Vanity. Idolatry. Drunkenness, yep. Anything else? Hatred. All right, there, and it, it goes on and on. We could explain, but this is what defines life in the flesh. We see this, we experience this. It's in our world around us. We are um, safe and secure in Jesus, but we are still living in a broke and dying world. And we, it, it is so powerful. Like even as a believer, we still feel the weight of the flesh uh, waging war against us. So the verse continues. And it says, but the fruit 
of the Spirit. What are those? <laughs> man, let's go. Oh, man. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Yeah. This is what defines life in the Spirit. When you are walking in the Spirit, these things just flow out of you. If you're not experiencing these, if you're missing one of these in your life, um, Mariah and I were talking about this. Tim Keller was explaining that, man, if any one of these you're not experiencing in your life, you need to self-evaluate whether you're just fabricating them for yourself because this, all of them come out just in your walk as you're in the spirit. You're feeling these, you're experiencing these, and they're flowing out of you when you're walking in the spirit. So this is very practical for a believer is you can be full of the spirit or you can quench the spirit. The Spirit is in you. He indwells you, and you're baptized in the Spirit. Those things happen upon justification, just like Jeremiah was talking about last week. The moment that you're saved, the Spirit is in you, and it indwells you, and you're baptized in the Spirit. But you can quench these, uh, the Spirit in your walk. And when you do that, that's the sin that you see happening. But you don't want to be there. That's, that's death, not life and peace that we want to experience in the Spirit. So thank the Lord uh, for his grace upon us that we don't have to stay there. In fact, we can come right back to life in the spirit. And all that we must do is repent. Rehate sin all over again. Confess. Surrender. And rely. Rely on the spirit. It's a very simple illustration that Galatians 5 shows us. And it's the very thing that we're talking about. These two modes of thinking and living. That when we are saved, we have life in the spirit. But when we kick Christ off the throne of our heart and we let that evil tyrant come back in and sit on the throne, man, death is happening all over again. We kick him right back off because Christ has the power. And you do not have to, you don't have to wear those shackles. Take them off. Repent, confess, surrender to Christ and to the Spirit, and rely on his work. Such a simple illustration that is so practical to our lives. So the question comes, what about those who've acknowledged Jesus, but they just can't seem to break free of that evil tyrant? Do you feel that? I, do you experience that? As a believer, yeah, it's very real. And it's disorienting. It is so disorienting because that is not where we're meant to be. So I want to show you these verses here as good news. John 6, 37. Whoever comes to me, I will never cast them out. That's Christ talking to us. Come to him, repent, confess. He will not cast you out. Come back to him. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is faithful and he is just because of what Christ has done. And he cleanses us from that unrighteousness. Come back to him. You can, through the spirit, you can find 
the victory. You don't have to stay in that state of disorientation. Come back to where there is life and there is peace now and forever. This is good news. And in the Gentle and Lowly book, it has so much to say about the heart of Jesus when it, and how it plays into this. So I just want to read several quotes and just end with this. Truths that you've heard and that you know that I just want to leave you with um, as just good, uh, life-giving quotes um, that he talks about. He talks about Satan's tactics, and he talks about the heart of God. So this first one. Perhaps Satan's greatest victory in your life today is not the sin in which you regularly indulge, but the dark thoughts of God's heart that cause you to go there in the first place and keep you cool towards him in the wake of it. His tactic actually isn't that sin that you're wrestling with, maybe right now. It's actually changing what you know and think about God, to think that he's cool and indifferent to you. He doesn't care. He's He's annoyed. He's ticked off. He doesn't like you. You're ugly to him. Maybe you feel that in your heart, but that's not true. That's the enemy, that evil tyrant that is trying to deceive you to let him back in or to stay on the throne. He's sitting on that throne telling you, nope, nope, spirit, God, he doesn't like you. Here's the heart of God. Do you know what Jesus does with those who squander his mercy? who sin repeatedly over and over and over again, he pours out more mercy. God is rich in mercy. That's the whole point. Whether we've been sinned against or have sinned ourselves into misery, the Bible says that God is not tight-fisted with mercy, but open-handed. Not frugal, but lavish. Not poor, but rich. He wants to pour out his mercy to us. Don't forget, that is the heart of Jesus. His heart was gentle and lowly towards us when we were lost. Before we knew him, he was gentle and lowly. He wanted us to come to him. Will his heart be anything different towards us now that we are found? No, it's the same. When you sin, do a thorough job of repenting. Rehate sin all over again. Repent, confess, surrender, rely. Consecrate yourself afresh to the Holy Spirit in his pure ways. But reject the devil's whisper that God's tender heart for you has grown a little colder, a little stiffer. He's not flustered by your sinfulness. His deepest disappointment is with your tepid thoughts of his heart. Christ died, placating before you the love of God. This is the heart of Jesus. It's merciful. It's gracious. He cares. We will be less sinful in we will be less sinful in the next life than we are now. When we're in heaven, we're going to be made perfect. But we will not be any more secure in the next life than we are now. If you're united to Christ, you're as good as in heaven already. What a great truth. Your identity now is eternal, just like we talked about. Who you are in Christ now is who you will be in heaven one day. That is life and peace. So live in that life and peace. To balance that, you go back to Romans 6. What shall we say? Are we to continue in sin because of this great news that grace abounds, that he is merciful and lavish in that? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? And then the whole chapter just continues, and I would, I would read through it if we had the time. The whole chapter 
It just walks through that argument. And it ends with this. But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification. And in its end, eternal life. And you all know the verse, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we have no condemnation. We're justified in Christ. And we are sanctified through his spirit. That's who we are. And because of that, we can have life and peace, not the death. So don't let the evil tyrant into your heart. Keep your guards up. Stay walking in the spirit. Remind yourself every morning of who you are in Christ and let your life flow from it, not for it. This is good news. And some questions to ask and to think through uh, in your heart now and maybe even to write down and maybe for some of our small groups is, in what ways do you feel the flesh waging war against the fortress of your heart? How do you guard against the mindset of the flesh that is all around us and so rampant? And who this week can you share the spirit walk with? This might be life-giving and uh, crucial for someone in your circle of friends. Share it with them. Just walk through it. Just to practice. And it'll create some good conversations. And maybe it'll lead to some victory. So this is who we are in Christ. I just want to celebrate that together with you guys. What an incredible time of worship. What a great word from God that he's given I've benefited the most from prepping for this, but I pray that this has been helpful for you as you continue in your journey. So let's pray together uh, and just thank the Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you want to give us life and peace. Thank you for your plan in giving us the spirit so we can do that. It is not of anything we do, but because of what your son has done, that righteous requirement in the law is fulfilled. So Lord, may this transform the way we think and live this week. May we not sit in the pit Lord, that we would overcome the flesh through the power of your spirit and live forever with you in the right identity that you've given us. Thank you for being a father who gives good gifts. We give you all the praise. It's your son's name we pray. Amen. Guys, can we thank Isaiah for sharing with us this morning? I really, I really love this thought and, and hope you walk away from today with this, that, that you can invest all this time and effort and, and kind of empty effort to work for your identity, or we can realize it and work in and through and from that identity that we have in Christ. And so far we've seen that we're, we're righteous in Christ by his grace, that we're justified and carried by God himself because of the work of Jesus and that we have life and peace when when it feels like we're swallowed up by death and the frustrations of the flesh that we have life and peace with our God as you go I pray that you will live in your identity in Christ and come back and keep getting it reinforced this week so that you can or this this semester so that you can be rooted deeply in Jesus so that you can go and then serve this Jesus who gives you this identity in this world around you. Guys, we love you. We're glad you're here. If you need anything, come and talk to us. Hope you have a great week.
Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you would like to get plugged into a small group, just text HB Converge to 81010 and you will get the text reminders for all the small groups. If you have any questions, just respond to one of those text reminders and it will go to our leadership team and they will be able to respond to you directly.